Welcome to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective. Presented to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another edition of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I'm Nate. And I am Bob. And today we're going to talk about a book and another book we're not going to talk about. <laughs> so the book that we're going to talk about today is Awakening, Diablerie, Mexico. And the book that we're not going to talk about is Mummy. And I'm just going to lay it on the line here. We don't need to talk about Mummy because it's, well, frankly, it's uh, it's worthless to our conversation. The only thing Mummy has in common with vampires is that they're both immortal. The other thing that it had in common was there weren't other splats. And so it was released as a, you were, it was required that you had Vampire the Masquerade for it. Because it wasn't like New World of Darkness, where they just have a World of Darkness book at the time. Right. They just had Vampire. Well, here's the thing. How do we put it out? Uh, it's a vampire imprint. It's called Mummy. Other than that, there's nothing in common with Vampire. There's no reason to have it as a vampire storyteller or a vampire player. Now, i got to put that a denim. And the caveat of this is, if by chance you're running an Egypt chron- Chronicle where you're going to be dealing with Cairo, which is the Wheel of Ptah, which is the Cairn for Silent Striders. You're going to be doing the War of the Werewolf Silent Striders versus that of Set, which is the Setites. Then, yes, it's worth it because they have their version, bastardized version of mummies, Bane mummies, that go and right. on a rampage and do whatever. And so this mummy book could be a player character coming forward to help out the player characters in that war. Sure. Or not at all because it right. doesn't doesn't relate to the 99% of the world. No. And, and chances on. are in 92, I mean, maybe you were running a vampire chronicle in Egypt, but uh, I don't know why. No, basically, all the stuff we just mentioned really hasn't even been ironed out yet. The werewolf stuff doesn't get ironed out until werewolves released. So anyways, um, we're going to bypass it because it is not pertinent to our discussion about the Vampire the Masquerade releases. If in a few years we get down the road and we run out of things to talk about, definitely Mummy will be in there. But this book, doing a little investigating on it, most of the stuff that was released in this book was either rewritten, removed, consolidated, completely altered. So basically all the stuff that would have been in this book anyways, it doesn't even, it's not pertinent at all. So we're going to talk about uh, the actual vampire release, Awakening Diablery, Mexico. Which is also, uh, we've expressed our general distaste for modules in the past. This is basically a module. So it is about, uh, it's about a, an ancient vampire that sleeps in a, an ancient pyramid in Mexico. His and, name is Miklan Tecutli. He is worshipped as a god. And really that's like the, the by, he's the victim of this book the story it's a, it's opens with pieter right yeah and pieter is a vampire i think give a little synopsis of him cold cocking a victim on the streets a guy who tried to mug him and him using his vampiric strength to break his jaw smooth and then lays him out feeds on him and the blood he feels from this mortal reminds him just how badly he needs to eat a vampire not that the blood was bad but it's just a step up above from water and right. he, his whole his mouth tingles, his tongue tingles with that sweet, sweet nectar of you know the soul of a vampire, and how he plans to rule the world 
by doing this very act. And then it goes into a whole plot synopsis of what what that's going to be. My opinion of this book, just rereading it and kind of uh, reassessing it for the first time, this is a this is a really kind of a wonk book. This this book isn't even. It's not that I want to bash on it completely, because it, it mentions Diablo, right? Yeah, yeah. It defines Diablo in a way that really hadn't before. And it does a very good job of doing it. And it says what it is, but really it's like three pages. Yeah. You know, that it gets into it, rules even, and then just, that's that. And then you're done. Right. I mean, for the most part, you get it. If I'm a Diablo, so I'm going to be hunting down, of course I'm going to jump at the chance to hear about an ancient elder sleeping somewhere, and he can't defend himself. Right. Because that's exactly who I want to eat. You know, it's kind of like us doing a podcast on McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking about a burger that we used to like eating and we're going to go eat again someday. Yeah. And that's, you know, it may be a bad analogy, but the point is that it's redundancy here. A Diabolist is going to eat. And, and really, what is a Diabolist? A Diabolist for vampire is one who devours the nectar, the soul nectar, if you will, of another vampire to obtain power ideally you do it to a vampire of an older generation to steal their age right. steal their strength of blood to thus lower your in, to increase the potency of your own blood or in book terms lower your generation right now diabolize not it's not simply to lower it you can diabolize someone younger than you because yeah. the uh the feeling of ecstasy is still there yeah and they do describe in great detail that the feeling of ecstasy a vampire would gain from consuming a soul is an ecstasy beyond any other you could possibly experience it's like the greatest most intense most uh emotionally fraying uh experience you could ever have it's it's a and, and here's where they begin to talk about losing yourself to that ecstasy losing your mind basically in the throes of that ecstasy. So this is something that we're really learning about for the first time in this book. So for that, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile to read this brief chapter because uh, it's really the first time they go into great detail to explain right. the ben the benefits or the drawbacks, either way you look at it, of being a diabolist, as they call it in this book, but being a diablerist. And this whole book revolves around diablerist. So it goes from the, the neat description of it, which we think is very valid, to rolling into the one ritual that's really kind of a famous ritual it's nectar of the bitter rose yeah this ritual to get to relate if you're hearing it for the first time um this ritual allows a group a little cult of vampires to take an elder perform this ritual over the sleeping elder cut out his heart put it in a bowl mash it up in a, a mortar and pestle it has to be a marble pestle uh excuse me marble mortar bowl using a pestle which is if you don't know what it is it's like a small palm-sized cup that you would throw this heart in and then they give you a hardened rounded little heavy uh pestle that you would ground and grind up to paste yeah, stone against stone what's in there and then you have to dump purified water uh, and they, they're important to highlight this from a bottle is fine right which as i found hysterical as long as it's uh um like they, the, there was something about rainwater too, but then they were like, "Yeah, you could just go to the store and buy like." That's what they. That's what yeah, they mean. They were talking yeah. about it's like rainwater or purified bottled water is fine. Yeah, <laughs> which is okay. <laughs> so you got to remember, it's the nineties, right? right? This is where it's like, oh, cheeky is now in right the attitude era. So they they get that in there, and then you burn something with its ashes. You mix it all together. Everybody drinks from oh, mix it with wine. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, 
Now, why this is interesting, there was a big rumor going around in second ed, and really in the, in this point forward, where someone said, hey, if I mix blood with a food, I can drink it. You know, with, with alcohol, I can drink it. If I mix it with my food, I can eat it. And they just let that kind of go around. I'm like, you can't. Right. Well, and then because later on, they they reveal that it is uh, the the rarest of vampires that are able to keep anything solid that isn't straight vitae down for more than a few moments that uh, 99.9% of all vampires will immediately throw them up. Um, but there are the rare few who could keep it down for like an hour or two because they're the vampiric body is inert. It can't digest food. There's nowhere for it to go. There's you're, you're not going to gain sustenance from it, but yeah. So not to extrapolate more, right. but yeah, it's basically what you're talking about. Later on, they kind of address that in uh, future releases. But then everybody drinks from this this new nectar that they made, this hodgepodge of heart, wine, blood, and water, and then they drink it, and then mystically their gen lowers. They all feel, experience the ecstasy. They all gain benefit. They also all gain the drawback. Right. Now, the drawback to the Aubrey is the black market leaves in your soul. It's forever. Yeah. Right? That's what it seems like. At this point, the book makes it seem like very bad thing, very long time before it goes away. And it's true. It does take a long time. But they don't go into the mechanics of just how long. Right. And that's because pretty much if you have a player, if you're in a game and someone's going to have a veins, they're not going away tomorrow. Right. They're probably not going to go away in the course of your game. Right. Regardless of how long they're there for. Once a Diabris, da 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 And let's, let's talk about also the highly addictive quality of Diabri. Once you do it, pretty much you're hooked. Right. You're going to want to do it again. It's the same difference if I told you. Um, all the food you've been eating, all the food you've been drinking, this is all blander form of a special ambrosia food. And we can go and get that ambrosia food at Whole Foods. They sell it right off the rack. It's no big deal. It just costs $100 a day. <laughs> so go get your three squares. It's 100 bucks. But every right. time you eat it, it's to die for. You can't be without it. Right. Every bite is more amazing than the last. And you fight and scramble to make sure you get your portion of it. You're not going to go back to normal food. In fact, you can't. You would refuse to eat subpar shit if you knew this 100 times better, best thing in the world existed. That's exactly what Diabri does to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's not something I, I personally don't feel you as a storyteller should be positioning it as a thing that it should be a reward for your players. But that's kind of how it seems like it's positioned in this book. Like, if, yeah, there's lots of drawbacks, but whoa, boy. Yeah, yeah, I get that from this book, but the story, right, is written from Pieter's point of view, sort of, not his point of view, but he's the focal point. Right. He's going to, once again, we had to pick a city, they pick the city. It's longstanding now that Chicago is White Wolf City. Right. And a uh, city of choice. basically their frame of reference. It's the birth of Goth and all that other stuff. Yeah, they assume that's where you're coming from with your campaign. There you go. And so they, they say, hey, Peter's going to go to the city because that's where they hear this rumor. He heard this rumor about some ancient that sleeps there. We won't get into how they have an, an Aslan or Aztec god mm -hmm. vampire transition from B.C., Mexico, mystically ending up in Chicago without anybody bringing them. But we'll, we'll leave that where it is. Well, let the, you buy the book, read the book if you really want to know that story. I think it's way too cheesy to get into. Right, because basically they, they establish at the beginning of this book that this story takes place in Mexico. There's nothing in this book 
to really reference any other city at all. So it's kind of like you gotta shoehorn it into your 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 current slamming it right right you're basically you're plot hammering this if you intend to use it like they bypass they mentioned they bypass uh the dangers of the cities of mexico to get right to the place because you don't want to go to those cities right you want to go here though right now later on down the road when they release like a mexico city by night book this might be important information that you could adapt because you're doing you're actually running a chronicle in mexico now, I didn't look, but even if you do look at like when we get to Mexico by night, I'm guaranteed we're going to mention this trifecta of blood gods they have in there. Mm-hmm. They already have three gods at each other's throats. Right. There's really no reason to use this. And I don't know that the Wanderer, which is the the name that uh, Miklan Tecutli goes by, I don't know that it's ever really pertinent. I thought he him. was mentioned in the Mexico by Night book. It's been a while. I and they act like this didn't exist. <laughs> and that very much, that may be possible. So, all right. So I want to get to Michelangelo for two reasons. One is the rich nectar of the bitter rose. Right. Um, they make it sound like that, you know, hey, it's just discovered and blah, blah, blah. That's why Peter's going to get it. That's a whole plot thing. That ritual becomes important because it is famous. Mm-hmm. Because later on, the Tremere had it as this ancient elder's secret of how they dealt with Tremere himself. Um, or Tremere himself did solid in, or could have, or they hint to it, or however you want to say it. But this is how the Tremere gained power. Right. They found his amis. They, they, yeah, they, they basically established, like, this is a Tremere ritual. The Tremere created it. The Camarilla was shocked and appalled when they found out. They forced them to destroy it, and that didn't work to sufficient uh, necessity. Right, because you got to remember, well, we'll get to this, but the Tremere were hunted. And they did what they had to do. Right. Part of having to do that was everyone get lower real quick because we got to get powerful fast. And so that's one way on it. And the other, the other ritual is the Passant Shield. Why I mentioned that at all is because I've been in a game where some storyteller decided to adapt this to uh, his chronicle where this player was allowed to take it because they knew about it. And there's a reason why an ancient Methuselah sleeping in a pit knows it and only him. Because it's a powerful ass ritual. This is the wonk that Nate was talking about mm-hmm. that's in there. Anything that allows you to heal or to, to soak and ignore damage on this level, and it's a simple ritual. Yeah, maybe you went overboard with the ritual. Right. And then they also invented an additional ritual for this, which is called quenching the lambent flame, flame. I believe. Yep. Which, uh, for all intents and purposes, outside of this book, it is essentially a worthless ritual. It basically allows you to raise your generation all the way up to 13th generation. The only real purpose of that would be if you're an ancient vampire and you don't want to be in Torpor forever, when you decide to go to Torpor, you would raise your your uh, generation. Um, but I, th- I think it's permanent. It is permanent. There's yeah, no so going back. So yeah, it's not even... It's, it's basically this character, this, uh, this prize, Miklan Tecutli, he has a bunch of servants that are there to guard over him while he's in Torpor. So he has them do this ritual where it raises their generation all the way up to 13th instead of being fifth generation vampires that they should be. And that's so that they can basically sustain themselves on less blood and stay awake longer because they don't have the, I don't know, the weight of generation on their shoulders. And it makes no sense. Right. It makes absolutely no sense because if he was capable of holding down and creating this mecca, this kingdom, 
uh, for the Aztecs that he claims to to have done. Am I right? Is it Aztecs? I keep thinking. I keep wanting to say Aslan it's, for some it's, reason. It's either the Mayans or the Aztecs. I think it might be the Mayans. It's the Mayans. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so right. It's the period. Yes. It's, it's, it's the Mayans. So. Yeah. Um. So what? He, so what he's done is that he sits over, lords over the cigarette, and they come to him, and they got some sacrifices, and he cheats. He prosperity. He hunts for him. You know, he brings people to him. All that fun stuff. Well, now he's getting tired. He's going to Torpor, and he's built this whole little barrow. He's going to hide in and sleep in forever, or however, pretty much forever by the date. Right. Because this is before Christ, even. This is going on. And he t- I mean, he takes in werewolves. Yeah. And this is before they've mentioned werewolves, and that werewolves, you can just make them vampires, and you put them in a pit, and he puts them down in the barrel with them as guardians. And, and exactly what Nate says, he lowers their generation in others, and it's like, wouldn't you have just made a chilled, or maybe a trio of children? To watch over the area, right? Why you slept? Well, because <laughs> because remember when he goes in, right. when he goes to sleep, the whole entire area goes to shit, right? Well, and they talk about his priests, and I guess like his priests go behind his back or something, and the children that he has are peasants who've chosen to completely give themselves over. They have no life's ambitions, so they're not really written well. His servants serve as physical objects for you to overcome while you're going through the dungeon to get the treasure at the end right and and really that's in all frankness this to me is it's a it's a dungeon crawl for vampire the masquerade that's all it is it's it's designed for you to take neonate vampire characters uh you know a a small group of them a cabal or a cadre or what have you, and send them off into some far reaches of the jungle and go through a dungeon. And they even map it out. He rests in this pyramid, and there's all these different rooms with all these deadly traps. Prungy stick traps. Yeah. Weird flame traps out of nowhere that still work. Right. And uh, it's it's a little ridiculous. It's, uh, it's something like... If, if I had nothing better to do, and I was like, hey, guys, let's do a dungeon crawl, but let's do it with vampires. Have you guys ever survived the dungeon of madness? <laughs> Next time, sit down and give it a roll, guys. <laughs> but that's that's basically what you're working with here. Then you have the actual uh, fourth-generation vampire itself, which is utterly ridiculous. They actually give his stats if he woke up. <laughs> yeah. There's a part of the scenario that, okay, he wakes up. And by the way, he wakes up and just destroys everybody is right, what would happen. Right. Basically, he just wrecks face. And then, you know, they go on to tell you if he's up for a long enough time, add two to everything. So they take his already ridiculous, insane stats and they jack them up even further. And this is problematic to me because it literally eliminates the the ancient horror of what these these fourth generation and and older vampires are and just lays it right there for you that's a given and i don't even want to go down that rabbit hole because this isn't even i'm gonna say it it skips ahead a bit but there's a story about the cappadocians and their origins that they do smart and they talk about kamakli kamakli's this cave that gets cursed right mm-hmm um, by um, Cappad- Cappad- the Cappadocius himself. Because he, he created too many children. He realizes that he had literally, by and large, made all these children across Europe, and they start infighting. He wants to diabolize God. We'll definitely re- rehash this and get back into yeah. it in the Dark Ages, but that's the craziness 
of a third generation antediluvian. They are the blood gods. And he realizes that there is power beyond him and he will sup at its teat and he will figure out how to become that power. And so he devotes himself to taking all the smart and intelligent scientists and grave diggers and occultists and what have you of the time, all relating to death, getting them all on his side. And then they turn around and start making children of their own like they will. And when he finds that out, he's really like, oh, you would make others? I know you, I should have thought of this, but I didn't. My fault. Hey, everybody, clan meeting at this far gone cave. <laughs> everybody shows up and he goes, I need these 200 to please step out. I will have word with you now. <laughs> and all the, strangely, all the most important ones and paragons of the clan leave the cave and come outside. He puts a sigil on the mark and seals them all in the cave. And right. he's basically eat a dick. And it's it's so powerful that fucking nobody can get through it. If they try to leave, they turn to ash. And and we know who ends up in that cave that can't right. get out. We won't we won't spoil it. That's for way later. I had to set this up because I gave you plot, mm -hmm. story, cool reason. What a hell that must be because they're trapped and can't get out. There's no blood they could feed on. They have to feed on each other. They're going to develop a hierarchy system trapped in a cave. They're going to go crazy. It's like a cannibal system. Right. You know, who's going to do what and how? And then you get down that last desperate few and they have to starve and fall in the torpor. They have no choice but to starve and go there. And we haven't talked about that yet. In fact, there's no book that really gets into that because they kind of tell you you can do it. But just imagine starving yourself to the point of insanity to where you would chew off your own tongue just to get rid of the pain for an hour right. of whatever, you know, you would do it and you're going to swallow it. Same thing with a vampire in blood. They need it. They have to have it. That beast takes over and they're, they're eating bugs trying to get nectar and they're vomiting up what little dust in their stomach they have left until eventually the beast just kills over and passes right. out from exhaustion and they enter torpor waiting for blood to come near. That's a terrifying movie if I ever heard one that somewhere there can be this ancient that's going to smell your sweat from a night out dancing with your girl and she's going to come walking by with you and one of you for whatever reason you know you're 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 just cut a little bit from shaving that day and it's still not fully healed all the way you're not dripping but it's just open enough and that's all this sleeping monster needs is it smells blood's near and it doesn't care what year it doesn't care what day and the beast gives its all to bash through the concrete to grab you and eat you and everyone for a city block that's the type of hungry that happened in this came mm -hmm. then we have this diablery mexico book yeah and it basically says same deal all these children are trapped in this little place and they can't get out but eh, they get along <laughs> right <laughs> do you see what i'm saying right and then there's a bunch of uh of werewolves that that guard the place too they're they're uh, just Ronin. happy they, campers they, they live outside of the society of werewolves and Nobody knows anything. They don't know anything about werewolf society. But don't worry, the area went to shit. Yeah, yeah. It's completely been re uh, retaken by the jungle. It's incredibly difficult to get to. And uh, then you get to go down and you get to dwell in the traps. You get to and you get to go through a, a right and proper dungeon crawl. And that's the book. That that's really it. Yeah. It's either you let them eat the Methuselah or you don't. Right. And, and either way, there's at the end of the day, I have to I have to establish this. This to me is only something again that I would do just as a fuck off. We got nothing else to do that night. Let's all make asshole characters and go try to capture the 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 giant prize at the end. This is not something that I would typically include in a normal 
uh, game that I was running regularly. This book is something I would give to a protege. I, I've had a couple in my years, and I, I wish I would have thought of it before now. But if they were like, hey, man, I'm willing to tackle the enormity of storytelling and, and with the trouble that comes therein. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to just first game, Bobby, have any idea? Sure do. Run this module, Diablo Mexico, and see how that works out for yeah. you. And that's uh, I, I've ran this before, and that was like when I first started tabletop storytelling. Because like my storytelling started with LARP, like most people that we we know. I didn't start this game with LARP, but my first storytelling was with LARP. It's a totally different beast, right? It's 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 more like you have fifty people, and you're just sort of jumping in where you can to try to keep things not insane. Running a tabletop game, you have five people who's or or more whose attention is directly tied to you. So you need to like actually tell a story while you're running this game. So this was something that that I used because I was like, oh, I didn't know that Vampire had modules. Well, I'll just run this. And it was ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was kind of like running a D&D game. That's not what I want to do. Right. So it. It was like kind of an abject lesson. Like, I completely think, if you think of the timing and the era it was in, yeah. that it was deliberately made familiar so people would get drawn into what Vampire had without being so foreign. Yeah. And then that's that. Because it's like a shell game. Exactly. Vampire, though, was written, as we talked about previously, and we'll stay with the previous book topics, at this point in our collective collection as we've been listening and doing these, or we've been coordinating, as I should say, and you've been listening, we only have so many books. In those so many books, maybe two give an idea as to how to run the game in terms of step one, step two, step three. Right. This is the second one. And you don't need to do either of them. I mean, if you're going to run a city, I mean, Chicago by Night outlines exactly what you can do, exactly what you need to do. And you don't need to go any further. You know, you can enjoy that. Yeah. And I think this book truly can be skipped. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Because Diablery later on, you're not missing it. If you, and It's mentioned in the base books, tells you what it is, what it does. This one just extrapolates, but it's it's nailing a hit. I, I think it's good to explain Diablery, but I would not make a book out of it. No, no. And I, I wouldn't make it, if I were going to write a book about Diablery, I wouldn't make like a quest to go Diablerize <laughs> someone. That's not something that, that I would do. I feel like... Uh, having a game based around that is going to be a very short game. If you are are sort of playing up Diablery correctly, it's going to be a very, very short game. Uh, because, like you said, the addiction, the desire to do it more. And if you have five people in your group that are Diablerists, well, wouldn't your group be better with only four people? That's a soul you could eat. And so on, and so on, and so on. Um, on the other hand, if you're running a Sabbat Chronicle, it's a very religious experience. It's different than just a bunch of Camarilla guys who are like, fuck it, let's go eat some elders. Oh, yeah. If we were already, if we, let's say we were already through second end and we already went through the Players Guide to Sabbat and all that, mm-hmm. oh, I'd run this book. Yeah. This book runs easy, but I would cut out 90% of it. Yeah. Because the only part you need to pay attention to are the weird rituals for, for difficulty. Right. If you had no idea as a storyteller what type of things you want to encounter, the next thing you would have is the sleeping Methuselah, except I'd have him wake up. Right. I'd have him wake up because that's a Sabbat experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, a pack going at it with an elder, that's the whole purpose of playing Sabbat. Right. 
and and he would definitely get into the weighed in as they say i would agree with you so what goes on with that but otherwise no and you can create that shit on your own you right. don't need this absolutely book. if if you're going to use this consider this like a this is like a coloring book right there's a there's an outline here but you should paint it with all the colors you want yep not with the colors that they provide you because they're eh, they're kind of dull a lot of browns a lot of greens not a lot of color i'll coin the phrase crutch book this is definitely a crutch book yeah if you're not certain your original story and creative ideas that you have written down to run your chronicle are going to work with that with the group you're with run this book right and uh i i want to add a caveat because th- there are two in this line these awakening lines uh and the next one that we're going to review it's called diablery britain and we're not going to spend a lot of time on that one that one we're definitely kind of going to combine with another book because that book is basically this in europe it's a borrow instead of a pyramid it's but it's it's still some fourth generation let's go hunt down and eat it let's go do a dungeon crawl so we're going to spend very little time, talk about a little bit of details, but we're definitely going to pigeon that into, we're going to as, stuff that as into As short as this. Right. Just. Right. I'd shorter. Yeah. For sure. For sure shorter. Because um, this one, the next book that we have up is uh, second edition. Second edition comes right after this. So, um, I mean, we, we could we could talk about it now or we could talk about it next week. I say we do it now. I mean, second ed is something I think we know off the top of our head. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little fuzzy between second and revised. Here's the deal. Or we'll say it now because I really feel that second ed, we've been through first ed still fresh in a lot of people's heads. We did a thorough job with right. that first startup book. Right. Second ed clips a lot of those irons out and home right. all those thoughts and ideas that they had there to make it a more solid book. Still clearly you need a revision on right. it. And so I almost feel nobody's gonna go and get the first edition second edition and the revised edition <laughs> right right that's so, true so i will say the second ed carries highly it over unlikely. yeah but the highlights of the second ed are what's important yeah and so we can go through definitions of the clans do we have a, a second ed book just to use as reference here's the thing the second ed book all the, i mean when they did the when they did the revision yeah they just included some stuff and got rid of some ridiculous merits and flaws yeah that's really it there wasn't this dramatic upheaval change yeah you know, a lot of people feel it was. It wasn't. Well, and they they added the Zemis, they added the Lasombra. Exactly. They put them all under one house. Yeah. So you could see them now, and they gave you a synopsis of who they were and what they were about. And you know, we can get into those because we really haven't. I mean, get into them is that they had a pretty thorough. This is what this clan does. This is what they're about. Yeah. Highlights the princes, and they get into sheriffs, and they get into the harpies, and what a primogen is, and a council. They get into all that. Yeah. In the second end book, they had the politics they didn't have before, and they left kind of to the air. But all of that, really, that's that's the whole book. Yeah, I mean, it it'll go into further and it'll re. It gives it gives another English lesson shot at defining and describing what the beast is and how that struggle is important and how the hunger should be there. Right, and then it gives advanced rules on hunting. Yeah, and it's it, a three step process. Gives a better indication about humanity. Uh, paths of enlightenment are introduced here i believe exactly but i don't want to i don't want to and this is just my take on it i don't want to make it redundant for the listeners yeah because it can get confusing if the majority of the content remains unchanged they just polish it yeah and they redid it well that's why it's called a second edition right well and they definitely did polish it the artwork yep. in this book is significantly better than it was in the first edition it's organized better it's better typeset it's it's better to it's easier to read <laughs> 
it's just uh it's all around a uh, just a reorganization and you know an extrapolation and inclusion of some some new things some things that were briefly mentioned in previous books but now are lock stock and barrel you know asimites and and like i said zemis lasambra the antitribu you know these the the main clans belonging to the sabbat the sabbat as a whole exactly explain the sabbat and not its entirety but tell you what they are they're right. not no longer these undefined boogeymen they give you a sandbox to play in right and here's what they're about and what i like even further is that this uh, second end book is going to highlight to you the clans because they're setting you up right because what they did very smart I, w- I would say is that they did the bruja clan book to see what if they could do a clan book we went over that yes they can they're like all right that, that went pretty good people like to learn more about what this was all right we'll do we'll do a revision we're doing it anyway it's under one house here are all the clans how's that gonna work well what we're doing is you're wetting your whistle right because we're coming out with another 12 bucks they're gonna explain all these clans right exactly every clan's getting their own book and this is where you get really get into the meat and potatoes of vampire and why we love it mm-hmm. and what makes it the game it is because to me with these uh with these reviews i'm all excited about clan book to clan book yeah oh yeah absolutely i agree with you because it's a culmination of knowledge for years <laughs> i've just sat in my head you know what i mean no one's ever yeah. it's like no one's got to talk about it, so at least i can record this for all time right well and, and for me the the big excitement there too is is going back and looking at these books that like i haven't had an excuse to open up the lasambra clan book the original pressing of the lasambra clan book because why would i like we right. still have the book but i have no reason to but like now i actually like i forgot the book was black i love that book so much i would take somebody's hand <laughs> if they tried like let's say for whatever reason I'm, i gotta you know i'm in my own place got my stuff those books are coming with me in particular that lasambra <laughs> book absolutely i of would course. kill somebody that's, that's like to me that picture the picture of the lasambra with the black hand on his head yep that was like uh one of the most iconic things like to me Whatever was in that book was something I wanted to participate in, when whether you, it was fiction or it was like a, I, I, you know, seeing it for the first time, I was like, whatever that is, it's fucking cool. And and the way they write it, where it's white, white lettering on black backdrop, yeah. backdrop, made me feel that it was something in the dark, something right was was telling me in its own voice well, about the clan. You know, it was, and, just, it was and, so different than anything powerful. else, so different than anything else that really was available at the time. And I was, I, I didn't get the second ed book in 92. No. You know, I got it in like 94, 95. Yep. So I was already late to the party, but it was just so different than everything else. It'll blow your mind. You might've been late to the party, but you're one of the few people who got it. Right. That I've even talked to. There's some people who had those books. So, did you see the cool powers and merits? I'm like, did you read the fucking content, bro? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, well, damn. You know, like I, I had done some gaming, but I was always anti rules guy. The moment you were like, this is a textbook that you have to learn. I don't want to do math. I'm not nope. doing this because I want to do math. I'm doing this because I have an imagination and I want to go to a fantasy world and I want to explore and and build and learn new things. So whenever I played, like I started with D&D, that was my gateway drug, but I was always like, uh, what's that role again? And everyone was like, oh God, you're so annoying. Right. So it's like, you can't get it. Read it. What's in the oh book? God. The page you, 212. 6D12. But there was between elves and I dwarves. You yeah. don't have that ability. No, I don't. You know, so that, that wasn't really, that was where I got started, but it wasn't really my tempo. But then I read the vampire book and it was all like, 
all this story and things, and you need to know about these deep and arcane. And I was like, oh, wow, this is And it's okay if you don't know the rules. They're only there to keep everybody safe. Don't worry. It's all about having fun. Oh, it's not about doing math problems? It's a story. It's a story. And the thing that's cool about this is that the revised, or the second end book, can't say revised, the second end book, hammers home. Hammers the fuck home. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm in this book. I'm going over it. The rules are maybe three or four pages. Right. That's it. Out of like a 200 to 300 right. page book. And and why? It's because you know the D10s. You know the difficulties, high or low, based on what you do. You know botching. You know all that stuff. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Look, man, we need you to get down this world of right. ours. Right. This thing of ours. It's like a mafia handbook is what it kind of <laughs> feels like, right? You're La Cosa Nostra right. now. Right. Are you right. really? Please take the test at the end of this right. book and, and read it and know the ins and outs. We want you to know, bro. We don't want you to guess. And, well, and and that was a big appeal to me too, because all the other games that I had played, if I want to make a character, I have to roll a bunch of dice and I have to take a bunch of notes, and things are a little bit more simplified today with all those games. But if you think back to like '94, we were playing Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. You were, but right, yeah, right. That's that's the people I was playing with. We were playing Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. We had to figure out like Thacko, and we had to figure out like what. You have to multiply this to get this and roll five of these. Fucking if I never hear that term again, Thacko, I hate it. But to me, the cool thing about this was I didn't need to have dice at all to run this game. I just got points. I just got a variable amount of points that I could just, I could customize my character to my preferences. To me, that was more realistic. Like, I can have a weakness here but i can have a strength here and i'm not reliant on a random set of dice rolls to determine what kind of person i am i can go hey you know johnny be bad he lived on the streets and he spent all his time breaking into cars <laughs> and that's why he's not so smart here but man he's really good here to me that was like creativity unlocked and the, and the most interesting thing about white wolf that, that they did they made to where everybody can be dracula Everybody can be the Lost Boys. You could be these vampires that you've seen on the screen right. that you thought were cool. And if you were like me, they got the short end of the stick because really, if they weren't written to die, nobody was killing fucking Dracula. No. I'm going to point this out. And we're off the rail, but we're going to be here for a little a little bit anyway. Just come out in his ledger me. Dracula <laughs> can summon a chick from like almost a continent. It was a continent away. Just drew her to him, to his homeland to come to me. You know, brings her here. Right. Can change it to a werewolf. Can change it to an army of rats. Can just miss it wherever he wants to, and then he gets all the way back to where he has his Mina finally. And this is Bram Stoker's we're talking about. He has her, and it's Gary Oldman. Yeah. Gary Oldman's Dracula. Yeah. Game over. Gary Oldman is gonna let you win as Dracula. He had to be written <laughs> that way, otherwise you were fucked because you would have walked in. He would have been like, "It's time." Man, his wow. shadow wanted to fuck you up and he had to stop the shadow from killing jonathan harker can can i get like just a little sidebar here about that how do you cast gary oldman awesome like nobody even stands up to how good of an actor gary oldman can be and then keanu reeves like (laughs) how do you shoot your entire wad on gary oldman and then have like i am also a vampire hunter well, Jonathan Harker, his role was he wasn't a hunter. That was, well, whatever. I, I but, but who was been, the hunter? In I don't the know. Film? I don't know. It's been twenty years since I've seen it, that movie. You do know he's uh, he played Hannibal Lecter. 
uh, that one guy who does things. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Anthony Hopkins is badass, and that was really the one right. who was counter to Gary Oldman's charisma. Even even worse. I forgot that he was even in the movie. How right. do you have those two guys? And then Keanu Reeves. Because Keanu Reeves was somebody who could pull off that. Honestly, Jonathan Harker was written to be an, an innocent aristocrat who knew one thing. I'm in love. <laughs> he was lost and in love. And his accent was fine. His period piece of how he wore the clothing was good. Um, for the role, he was fine. I, I, he didn't I have thought to, he didn't have to be John Wick. No, but but uh, there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of emotional depth to John Wick. It's fuck you. I'm going to shoot you with a gun. There's not a lot of emotional depth to Jonathan Harker. Well, and that's fair. But the <laughs> the movies a like it, it's a romance horror. Like there is a lot of emotion in that movie, and typically Keanu Reeves is not well. Again, we're going off the rails. It's completely not pertinent to anything. In the conversation, but, uh, it, it, vampires. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That's it. That's that's the only pertinence. But the point is, is that I, I did have a point to it. Yeah, because I'm breaking that movie that we know as powerful as Gary Oldman is, his character Dracula, as charismatic as he is, um, it highlights how does Dracula die in that film? And for me, and against everybody else, it's a romance film. It's it's gothic romance, and tragedy is part of that, and that's what this is all about. It never was about Harker's wife. It was about the wife that Dracula had lost and that the reincarnated version of her was sitting right in front of him and he saw her and she had to convince Dracula that it was time to join her in the afterlife. And Dracula in that moment realized that that's what needed to happen, but it had to end brutally. There was no way it wasn't going to end brutally. He felt, she felt that he had to pay for the crimes he had done through the centuries. This is a tale that White Wolf, I, you can feel it. When I, whenever I see their beast system mm-hmm. with humanity and the sliding scale and the checking for frenzies and the conscience rolls, I always think back to this guy. Because in that movie, Dracula in the beginning was a killer, mm-hmm. a stone killer. And then he sees her and his conscience starts you know, just plucking at him and he, he understands what he's doing, but he has to have her. He right. has to have right. her. And so he has to go through Lucy and then Jonathan Harker and just wooing them over and then trying not to destroy them. And his brides get involved in this jealous, almost political game they try to play with Dracula, right? Where they're going to steal him, right? They're going to make Jonathan Harker their own. And Dracula comes in and, and, well, at that point, he just escaped. But when Dracula finds out, nearly lost his shit. You know what I mean? Right. Terrified him. They're like, oh, we're sorry. And what it all boils down to, if you think of Vampire and the Themes, you can almost watch that movie again and go, that's where the frenzy check hit. Oh, that's the humanity loss he felt. Oh, that's him gaining humanity. Holy shit. Right. Conscience pangs. All this. All these elements are wrapped up into it. So to me, when you look at a fucking splat book that's just, hey, it's a dungeon crawl, you were not getting what I was just talking about right. out of this splat book. You would get that out of, out of the second ed book from your own creative input. Yeah, Absolutely. You could even run Dracula, and, and don't tell your players it's Dracula. Like, here's a tip. You really want to run a vampire game, find a vampire movie you like. Anyone. Near Dark, Lost Boys, Dracula we mentioned. Um, even if you want to do that one with uh, Neville. It's called I Am Legend. I Am Legend. That's, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's Tim called thing. I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. It's about the last man on Earth. So, and that's due to do a vampire play. Right. Why I think it's awesome is that any of those things you can take, just do not call them that. People's memories remember the name, the labels placed upon them when they saw them or they read them. When you strip them away, 
and add elements of your own to and even to the characters if you're not comfortable making brand new characters you can shave off and make them something else entirely it's really quite simple and it's a storytelling technique that I feel, I, I, I hope I didn't invent it. It's, it's something that had to have been used for years. And what happens is when you sit down with your players and you're like, all right, guys, you're starting off as mortals and it's 17th century and you're attending an aristocrat's party and you're in London. You're this chick, you're that dude, here's that, you two are going to get married later on. You can create all these things and hand them separate to your characters, you know, and only invite five people to get comfortable with it. And then you know you're playing Dracula as the villain. You know who you are, but it's Vampire the Masquerade. Right. They don't. You, they'll have no idea. Are you a weird... That dude could be a Malkavian. He could be an elder Nosferatu learning how to... You know, he doesn't matter. He's oh, but wait a minute. It's Carpathians. That's his Amis, bro. Oh, shit. It's his Amis, son. Whatever it is. But the point is, all those tools, they give those rules in the second ed book. Mm-hmm. The second ed main book. They're there to hit all those elements. Whereas the first book they launched, you really couldn't. And that's not, by all means, it's not because it's a bad book. No. It's quite good. It's just that they include a step up. Right. It's the foundation of the ideas. And when you start to produce something and you have different minds at work, when you're one individual, you, you have your idea. But putting different flavors into the soup things start to bloom and blossom and grow. Right. And that's what really, I feel what we see is this game is really, it's it's found its legs and it's it's codified. It's beginning to codify. It's beginning to really start to have a canon. It's starting to be a living, breathing entity on its own. And that really starts to take form largely in this second ed book in the second ed rule book right and you'll see some pretty cool things too that i enjoy that get reused in their books as they release them one of those is taking fictitious characters and quoting them in their books like Mm -hmm. for instance cradius is quoted in the diabri mexico book yeah off the bat talking about that the greatest tragedy amongst his kind and remember cradius is the bruja elder out of chicago is the fact that in, in, in long enough existence and a long enough time period, eventually they come down to a cannibalistic struggle. The young will seek the power of the old, and they will always seek to eat them as much as the elders need the young to survive. Right. And that is a, it's very thematic. It's a play on, sorry, the, the basic origin stories of vampires. And that's another thing that's going to carry through uh, throughout the rest of this game. But yeah, that is a very cool addition. Because it's gothic horror, and gothic horror has to have that theme in the backdrop. And it's about something ancient waking up to eat everybody while you're playing that one thing that eventually would be an ancient if you were left long enough to eat everybody. Mm-hmm. And what do you do to stop it? What are the what are the ins and outs of it? And that's what makes that cool. And the second and main book, worthwhile pickup as a collector because, like I said, they do an amazing job in the, in the revise. They also do an offend... The best book to get, the best main book, and I would really, Nate, as Nate has told me multiple times, we got to stick to what, what gets released, but really I would just like to talk about the 20th anniversary edition of Vampire. Yeah, we can touch on it momentarily. So, I mean, I mean like, we'll, we'll review it in its own kind, but. Because all that we're talking about is that they were trying to make the 20th anniversary edition, and it's finally, it's out. 
It's there. You can have it. Yeah, it's been out for, well, <laughs> almost six years now. <laughs> right. They have it. It's amazing. It's there. It's done. And they've, they've achieved what they needed to. And that's that. And really, the 20th anniversary, and, and, excuse me, the 20th anniversary edition, the big thing about it was that they just included a lot of things fans wanted in one book. Right. And that was it. And so it lets you know that for White Wolf, pat in the back, your revised edition, which is the one before the 20th, that was it. Right. You were done. For all the meatheads and the boneheads who who didn't have these other books that had the content they were hearing about, well, we want it under one book. We want to pay less for more. And then White Wolf went, okay, well, how about you pay more for more? <laughs> you just buy this book again, and we'll put 20 edition on it. We'll make it bigger, and we'll slap all that yeah, stuff in it's, it. It's like a double book, and maybe like even a two-and-a-half-size book. And uh, they do some updating and stuff like that. Uh, but again, we'll get that's that's way down the road. But uh, my advice to you, and this is consistent with what you were saying, is picking up the most current, the most uh, recent editions of this game, it's important because it's going to clarify things that perhaps were inconsistent in older editions. It's going to bring new flavor to the game that was lacking or, you know, create clarifications on things that were maybe confusing and also get rid of stupid stuff. Right. There's a lot of stuff that when you really get down to brass tacks, they're going to be unbalancing or they're going to be a little ridiculous or overpowered because at the end of the day, you are still playing a, a character that has powers. You, you still have the ability to do things and you don't want things that are overpowered or things that are ridiculous. And those newer, and we're probably preaching to the choir here, honestly, but uh, in the event that we're not, we should always assume we're not. Right. I think that, like you tend to say, you believe in evolution. Right. The old stuff is old for a reason. And when you dwell on all those old things, it was like, um, again, I started with live action, um, you know, storytelling and stuff. But there was always that, well, in the first ad, it wasn't like this. And now it's like, and you know what? That was then. Stop clinging to the past. As, as as counterintuitive as that may sound for us who are reviewing old books, the reason why we review these is because there's nostalgia there, but not because we're longing to have that back. Things are better now. Things are better the way that they are. Really, you're you're a hostage audience, right? <laughs> it's, it's something we're <laughs> passionate about. And the fact is, is that I really truly feel that the all the books I own, I've read every single one of them multiple times. Like honestly, if I if there was a vampire PhD, I got it. <laughs> I know it hands down. I got it. And and the fact is, is that I got there from reading all these books from the first edition on up and from reading them, they all have nuggets of info that I pull on every time I go to storytell. So it's great, but you do not need it starting out. No, because you're making the, like, if you're just starting that 20th anniversary edition book is a cheat sheet to what yeah. I had to go through. I had to go through first ed and live through the pains of the final edition to get there. You just have to do that one fucking book and all the ones that come in, we know that are in the new editions right. and, and you're fine. You're caught up. There's no big deal. Exception being, and this is why I almost, I'm, I, I'm begging Nate all the time. Let's just jump to the clan books because the clan books, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> if you think you don't need the first clan books yes. into the revised clan books. Well, here's, here's where we're going just to give people a little bit of a roadmap. The next book that we're doing is the player's guide to the Sabbat. 
this is an awesome book. You're you're losing three hours. You're, I'm calling it now. That's going to be an easy 120 right. minute podcast. The the next two that we're going to do together because I I feel like and correct me if you think we should do it. 180 as I do math. But I I believe that uh, after the player's guide to the Sabbat, the next one up is going to be the player's guide second edition and the storyteller's handbook to the Sabbat. And I feel like we should be able to do those two yep. in one podcast. Oh, the player's guide and storyteller. Yeah, yeah. Then after that, we're looking at Dark Colony. Dark Colony is Dark uh, Colony is, is badass. It's the motherfucking madman. Then it's know? it's uh, Clan Book Nosferatu, Clan Book Malkavian, Clan Book Gangrel, Chicago by Night Second Edition. You have you have no idea. Those clan books are gonna bring out so much shit. Yeah, that because it's yeah. stuff. It's stuff forever. Bob, where did you get that lore? Oh man, great story and plot. Mm-hmm. Nate, how did you know this stuff? And it's like, uh, it's in the book. Everything coming up like for the next like six months is basically required reading oh yeah it's it's all clan books and then it's like the kindred most wanted it's new orleans by night these are all like super, all the buzz books right all the buzz books right. like they, they really come into their own in second ed once you get past the base books right and and it start. i mean it's gonna be in other words stay tuned right good it's just getting warmed up and we're we're gonna be doing clan books until uh 1995 so oh, yeah. that should tell you like we start in 92 with the bruja and we end in 96 i think the last one is clan book la sombra everything in between is there's no with the exception of bloody hearts diablerie britain there's really no garbage in there that book honestly it's another module yeah 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 we we mentioned it earlier we're we're, we're probably going to briefly go over it talk about the character talk about some of the the setting and also most likely talk about either the book before it or the book after it at the same time because it's not really worth spending an hour talking about no nope i can't put any spin on that that's that is what it is it's yeah yeah so uh i don't really have much else to say i mean uh um, do you have anything else you want to add just gonna say is that i understand that we kind of rough shot it over the second edition of uh of the main book in this but it's done with a reason um i feel like again i'm gonna just rehash it the first edition book we did a thorough podcast on it. Has a lot of the content that you're looking for if you're looking to hear about that stuff. Second Ed just includes the actual descriptions of the clans and gets into the political hierarchy, and then it fleshes out the odd disciplines of those well, quote unquote, newer clans. Right, and gives you an idea of the Sabbat. Thorough beast system, humanities included and fleshed out. That's what it includes. Yep. But it's really not worth us going. It's it'd be dry to go over it verbatim yeah because because here here's here's the decider it's a good book it's a worthwhile book yep but at the end of the day it's probably not where you're gonna get started no first edition was the introduction to the game second edition is hey here's this game that we have now here's why it's better right here's what we've added you know key components that were missing up until this point and it's well written it's well made and that's why it took them, what, 10 additional years before they revised it? Right, absolutely. Right. So, you know, they did first ed in 91, and they did second ed in 92. So even they knew, like, okay, we've got this really great idea. This first book that we put out, it was it was well executed, but, man, we really need to step it up. Let's revise it in a year. Right. Now let's wait 10 years before we revise it again. So, yeah, it's good. It's worthwhile. And it's probably what most people got started on. I, I can guarantee you it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, the only other thing that I'd like to add to this podcast is we've gotten a lot of really encouraging comments and emails uh, over the last week or two. And, uh, you know, we want to thank you all individually if we haven't already, but we haven't spoken to you to say, hey, we're going to say your name on our podcast. We just want to give a blanket thank you. It's definitely appreciated. Oh, you stopped me because I, I definitely was going to say names. But uh, if I can, I should say I think it's very cool. Then even internationally, we got someone who's traveling, working very hard. Um, that's not given a name, but it does describe you who's commented. I can't appreciate how much it is that you want to hear us, us, us two guys, us two old, us two elders talk about vampire <laughs> uh, for, for as much as we do. And we're glad we bring some enjoyment to that. I also want to mention that uh, there's a, a loyal bud who just jumps on every chance he can and, and just comments left and right about it. it was a good podcast, what he thought of it. And feel free to critique. You know, we love it. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, leave comments. You know, if you if you want us to mention you on our podcast, we will. We're not we're not above that. Um, we just don't want to like throw you out there because you know everybody's got their own beat that they march to. So yeah, we almost have to mention Jeff every time. So yeah, that's yeah. Jeff is like our 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 number one fan. Like when <laughs> when we get famous, he's part of the entourage. So, uh, but yeah, definitely thank you for listening. We're gonna keep doing it every week. Um, you know, if if you have ideas for us like maybe one week we don't do a book we do like a you know q a or something like that you know we're, we're definitely receptive to it we want to maintain like the the consistency of the podcast that we're doing because let's face it we have a lot to do right um but we're always receptive to ideas um we're always willing to share or even you know if you want to be on the podcast like we, we don't get paid to do it if you want to come on and and join you know talk to us while we talk about this stuff I'm receptive to that too. Hell, we want to get paid to do it, but <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, if you, if any of you know of a way that we can, you know, somehow uh, turn an income doing this, that'd be great. But it's not it's totally not required. We're but still going to do it one way to, or another. To to at home one one thought. This is an evolution too. So, if it's something that we're just going over the content and like we've even begun like before, it's very very detailed. But that wasn't something that was like our thought. It was because it required it to give you a spine to build on. Mm -hmm. And once we got that mojo going, now we're hitting books where it's like, if it's a good book, if the podcast is long and lengthy and is very descriptive, that's because that's how good that book is and how passionate we are about it. If we're giving a synopsis and kind of speeding through, it's not that we're even speeding through. We do not want to shit on right. a company that really, it was, it was quite brilliant that they struck gold with this product line and they did what they could to keep us entertained and it right. entertained us. Right. And, and I think, I think this, this is probably the most like shitting on we've ever done of a book. Right. And to, to my standards, it's very small. Correct. <laughs> because like you were saying at the end of the day, like this is a company we have a lot of respect for all the people that took the time and effort and creativity and blood, sweat and tears to write these things that have affected our lives. You know, we're not going to go out of our way to, to shit on what they've done or the fan base right if because we have if we have something something you know impactful we want to say we'll say it but at the end of the day these are books that are like nearly 30 years old so right. you know that's 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 my opinion on the subject and that's it i i concur i agree 100 percent, my friend cool so who's ready for sabat next week i am freaking excited i am ecstatic uh we're gonna have a very enjoyable podcast and i think both of us are gonna have a very enjoyable week going over this book again uh i know we have a copy of it on the shelf i don't have to search i'm almost high positive we have three pdf. yeah so this will this will 
to me, that's that's almost the best part of this podcast. Again, I think I said it earlier, but going over these books, I haven't had the opportunity to crack for 15 years plus right. and and like refreshing my memory and going and seeing all the artwork. That's the coolest part. And hopefully you guys can do that along with us. Have you heard about the gentleman's storyteller on YouTube? No. He has a bookshelf with, with vampire books on it. I listen to his stuff. Mm -hmm. I will never again. <laughs> Why? The guy's not good. <laughs> Do extrapolate. I so the extrapolation it. is that he's got books on him, and it's like any personality that does media is going to you have to have an ego for someone to gravitate to a hook or something. And even you have to pretend like you do, even if you don't. Correct. And some people naturally have it, you yourself, myself, and we're very down to earth with it. But we're egotistical with our fan base. We're not egotistical in spite of our fan base. Right. Does that make sense? But I, I, at the end of the day, I have no ego about this stuff. I just uh, I'm doing it because I'm passionate about it. And if that's by ego, I'm not meaning the act of being arrogant. Oh, fair enough. That's what I'm shitting on this guy about is okay. the act of being arrogant. What I'm saying by ego, if you're not into what you're doing yeah. and if you're not standing up, taking taking a stand and saying yeah. how you feel about something, some type of way, no one's going to give a shit that you're talking. Right. So you have to you have to mm -hmm. give something for people to gravitate towards. And that's what we're doing. Right. This guy is more or less like, hey, guys, I'm passive aggressively here talking about, oh, what it is, the storyteller and how I feel about it. And uh, here's my stuff. And, nom, nom, nom. and I'm listening to it. And I'm watching the evolution of his because that was like this first video. Everybody's nervous. Then he gets a couple followers and I watch his show just kind of go downhill as he's talking about. And there's tons of these videos. And I just want to say that we're eventually going to get a video. And I'm going to tell you the difference is, is that I don't plan on for the least bit being any different than we are right now no and you shouldn't be uh because when i watch this stuff this is not about just me and nay this is about the making a connection with a group of people that hopefully are tuning right. in to hear about the hobby we are passionate about right that goes beyond our friend base of 10 here in illinois <laughs> right. there are there are two things in this podcast that we are passionate about the first one is the subject matter vampire the masquerade white wolf's material as a whole Two, we're really passionate about talking. Yes. So there, there's it's a marriage made in heaven. But at the end of the day, this podcast doesn't exist if the product doesn't exist. We have another podcast. Frankly, it's just not as popular as this one. It's probably more popular with our friends because they love to hear us bullshit. But it's not as popular as this one as a whole. And it can be, but we just we just got away from it because... I'm, I'm kind of more passionate about this one. Correct, because this is something... This is a passion right. we can, and it's material we can talk about. There's not only a right and a wrong. There's a in-depth sharing right. of a canon world that we've enjoyed. Yeah. And that is worth talking about. That's not Trump right. and politics right. and babies and what have and you. I, I think it's important to note, too, that for me, and, and agree if you agree, I, I think you will, that since I discovered this game, this game has been in some form or fashion involved in most of the major events in my life because if you think about it like most of the friends that i know now that i've known for 10 or 15 years are met through this game bad things that happened in my life i can always remember this this game was a was integral in my life at that time so it was something that was used to deal with stress it was used to um, you know, bad times are happening in my life. Let's go have a good time and play this game. So 
like that's that's why I'm so passionate about this game because it's been a central part of my life and and this game could be anything really it's just this game happened to be it and as such I have a lot of passion for it you know how did we meet we absolutely Plain met fucking vampire you know what I don't I don't mind saying it I remember being a game and the type of person you were yeah it was very antagonistic and in everybody's you weren't in everybody's face but you would be the person to say the most cutting comments oh yeah for sure directly to them uh bullying for sure and and when it got to be on an online message board you did that towards myself and and melissa right i was going to kill you right and when you did it i'll never forget it you're like hey man it's you have every right right you know I'm, but i just want to say i'm sorry went on the yep. limb you manned up right and i think if you had changed the scenario if we were in a bar and we had been drinking someone was getting beat right there there would have been a confrontation and there wouldn't have been any reason for me to meet you in a public place no i like to think vampire worldwide gave gave an outlet uh for people's creativity to such a degree that they could take onus right they could take stock they can have an ego right they can find themselves without the fear of having to reinvent themselves because nobody likes them right in other words if you made a character and i i, I will never forget this i remember sitting down on the tabletop as a storyteller and i went to play a game and that's, by the way, my primary function has been storyteller for this forever. <laughs> forever. Nobody's let me really be a player. I mean, like, it's, it'll last for a month or two, and then I got to storytell again. But the fact is, is that I come with these, these people who come, or they like to be quiet. You know, hi, I'm Shane. I love these people because they're unmolded clay, and I could see it. And I love taking them through their first feeding. It's always a miracle. You know, they sit down, and they're like, all right, what are the rules? I'm like, that's interesting. I'm, I'm glad that you pointed out there are rules to this game, but I don't want you to worry about that. I want you to sit down. I want you to tell me about what you have in mind would be cool right. about being a vampire. And if it's a woman, I normally get the, the, the kind of, kind of glint in your eye where they're thinking, they're always like, well, well, I don't know. I think it'd be, I always thought it'd be kind of cool if I was this kick-ass girl that just, you know, just didn't take no shit. I was like, yeah, kick-ass girl didn't take no shit. I was like, yeah, well, let me tell you about the Bruja clan. Let me point <laughs> you in that direction. You know, you're looking to change the world and how they see you. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make them understand who I am. Okay, okay. Well, do you understand that that can be done nonviolently? Oh, well, I thought I was a vampire, so that's true. But there, are, you can kill with a word as much, or a glance as much as you could. Oh, my God. You mean I could be, like, were we talking like Hollywood? Like, you know, oh, yeah, that's what right. we're talking about. And then, you know, you start describing key typical features of these clans and you watch them gravitate towards one, and then you know exactly the type of story you have to run for them. And once you get that done, that feeding scene, they're not playing them anymore. They're playing an ideal of them. Like, they're living a dream of themselves. And it's like you can see them step out of their shell and own this character right. and become this character it, it is, for four hours. It is bizarre how something that is done with essentially words exclusively Right. can be more immersive than any movie or video game or crazy trip to paintballing because it's all internal. It's all your your psyche. It's all of your personality traits. And it's you, like you said, either becoming an ideal version of yourself or using all those experiences that you've had in your life to be someone else. 
Right. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's a great it's game, an and uh, we're glad that you guys enjoy it. We're going to ramble on and on and on for for hours here. We could because we normally do four hours of podcasting. I think we're going for it in one. <laughs> right. So let's right let's wrap it up, B. Yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up. Anyways, next week, uh, Sabat. Sabat, be prepared. We enjoy it. We love it. You'll we hope it. you will too. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Sabat, you will be by the time that podcast. This is, is done. a must listen to podcast if you've never done a Sabat game because I guarantee you that's the next thing you're doing next yep. game session. Alrighty. Well, I am Nathan. And I'm Bob. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. One other thing, folks. This conversation is actually going to continue on our main podcast, Nerd Words. So if you're unfamiliar with that podcast, just go to the website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, to look us up. Or you can look for us on iTunes at nerdwordspodcast-utilitymuffinlabs. You'll find the continuation podcast, and you'll find a bunch of our other podcasts as well if you're interested in other nerd stuff or what have you. Anyways, check us out there. Until then, we'll see you later.